Promotional consideration paid for by the following. The day of liberation is here. Throughout history, only the biggest and strongest survive. Being big means you're successful, and women love big men. Kilimanjaro. And as a successful man, you need to feel comfortable when you're sitting down to eat. Kilimanjaro. Close for the bigger man. Don't be bound by society, bogus medicine, and the media with their unhealthy focus on being skinny. Don't be constrained by trying to squeeze into a triple X. Bored of feeling like a man in a sausage skin in your size 48 jeans? Bored of being uncomfortable? Kilimanjaro. Kilimanjaro, the clothes shop for enormous men. We're fighting to end hunger. Yours. Kilimanjaro. Shut up and sit down. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 348 of Third Shift. It is me, the wonderful, godlike individual, Mr. Eric. He's here today. Look, I got to pump something up, Matt. Don't shake your head. I got to do something good and positive, all right? Oh, listeners, don't you know, I was nodding in agreement and throwing my hands in the air. He's saying that I'm shaking my head and making faces. This is rude. This is rude and false advertising. What is that? Positive affirmation. (laughs) I'm always supportive of my friend Eric when he says these good things. He certainly is supportive of me. Eric's nodding his head and smiling, and he's throwing his hands in the air. That's why he sounds so weird, because he's dancing around with joy and glee in his heart. Yeah, and you heard him, everybody. It's the inglorious bastard himself. It's Mr. Matt. He has definitely had a little bit more fun than I have recently. But all in all, you can't complain. And before we do anyway, we got to talk about the week. Matt, how's your week been? Do you want to complain, be happy? What's it all about? I want to complain and be happy. One, because we had so much pre-show rigmarole that my beautiful giant cup of ice cold, like fresh and hot, like popping water. Not hot, but like fresh and cold. And popping, and it smacks you in the mouth, and it tastes so good, it's like almost gone already. No. I lifted it up for that sip, and I just went, oh, no. How's this going to last me through the whole episode? We'll have to find out. But I do want to complain and have fun, because I just got out of Guardians 3. Literally, today, as we're recording this, I went somewhere else the day before. I'll get to that in a second. Came home today. Let's do Guardians 3. Drove over there. It was a 50-50 movie for me. First half, it was okay. But it was like, I didn't, I didn't like a lot of it. By the end, it hit all the good notes, team type of stuff, everything coming together. But I was like, I was sitting there for the first half and went, man, I don't, I really hope I like this by the end. And by the end, overall, I'd say it's a good time. But a lot of the stuff just wasn't, wasn't hitting for me the first half. By the end, it all came together. I won't spoil anything. I won't say anything. But a lot of the stuff that happened and was shown, I didn't like. That's all I'll say. That's it. Once you see it, you'll probably know what I'm talking about. But before that, the day before... AUW Dynamite and Rampage were in Detroit, so I had to go, had to get great tickets right on the side of the entry ramp. Beautiful seats. It was the wrong side if I wanted to be on TV, but it was the right side to see everybody just the most up close. I mean, sometimes more up close than you get with front row, like ringside seats, because they're always up in the ring. Here they were, bam, right in front of your face. It was incredible. A great show. An awesome time, a giant spectacle because there was a Moxley Omega cage match. I couldn't believe that I got to see Kenny Omega wrestle live in front of my own human eyes, like in, in person. Incredible. Just a, a fantastic show and a fantastic night. 
And it was great. There's nothing to complain about. And if there are things to complain about, Eric knows, but I'm not going to say them on the podcast because it didn't affect my night. What I'm going to remember is just, bam, these people, some people coming up to the rail and slapping hands. Got to slap hands with Jeff Hardy, for God's sakes. I mean, come on. You can't beat that. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. A great show. Then on the video game front, nothing but greatness, too. Radiant Historia, Perfect Chronology. I play it at work, before work, on lunch. Have a great time with it. I've got that itch, though, over this week to just sit on my bed and play it for like eight hours a day on a Saturday or a Sunday. I was like, man, I should I should definitely do that. But instead, I played Marvel's Midnight Suns for that eight or nine hours. Literally, nonstop, I think it was Sunday this past week when I had nothing going on. I played it for three hours and went, all right, it's time for something else. Ate lunch. Well, what was it time for then? More Midnight Suns. And I went, okay, it's time for dinner. After that, I'm doing something else. What's something else I did? Play more Midnight Suns. And it was great. And it's awesome. And there's another little piece of content that just came out for it that I'm going to talk about, even though we've talked about it already. I'm going to talk about it more later in the episode. And the other thing I did Wednesday, before I went to AEW Dynamite, is I beat Like a Dragon Ishin. And it was great. The whole, like, back chunk of chapters in that game stuff starts going down i don't know if i said that last week but it starts stuff is happening stuff is going down the big reveals are there the big surprises kind of after the reveals that may not be surprises are there and it it is kind of funny though because i won't spoil anything at all but it ends on a very patriotic japan note like bam slam Patriotic Japan thing happens. Smash cut to credits. And I went, that's awesome. If I was a Japanese person, I would really like, my heart would be full right now. But I'm just a regular dude. So I appreciate I appreciate everything and the great story that I went on and this crazy ride. And that's awesome. And that's great. And now it's done. So I literally, this little, this little clamshell case here that had the Forspoken disc ready and waiting. It's empty. You see it. There's nothing in it. Because the Forspoken disc is finally back in the PlayStation 5. I haven't played it yet because I literally beat Like a Dragonetian up to the second that I had to get ready to go to Dynamite. So I haven't had a chance to play that yet, but I will be playing that again in this coming week and having fun with it. That's all my week. It was a short week snippet, Eric. What you been doing this week? Well, on the old Saturday, we were supposed to apparently go to some friends' houses after the daughter's uh, soccer game. So we went to the soccer games. Had a blast, watched my older daughter play and younger daughter play. You know, goods, bads, this and that. It's still fun. They win? No, they both lost their games. They both <sighs> Yeah. That other team's cheating. They're, they're friends, with the, friends with the refs. Come on. Mm, no, nah, I, I, I can't even say that. No, nope, just, just say le- yes. Come on. It's just legitimate. But it's fine because I saw some heart and some actual effort, you know, out of them and, and whatnot. And so... I feel like they're actually starting to, you know, get on board with it, and they're trying. Some of the other teammates need to step up, but that's that's on them. That's on the parents. That's on the coach. That's not on me. I'm not the type of parent who likes to live vicariously through my children and screams and goes nuts and goes crazy. I just watch and I enjoy, and I say, girls, you had fun? Yep. Okay. Do you want some pointers from your dad? No. Okay. Yes. Okay. And then I give them. If they don't want them, I don't give them because it's, it's kick, about you. Kick the ball at the goal. Put it in the goal. I know Do how better. To play Run soccer. faster. Matt, Jump no, higher. No, no. Remember, I, I've told the story. I used to play soccer extensively in the military because my chief warrant officer was a freaking psychopath and thought soccer was God's gift to mankind. So we did nothing but play soccer for several years 
So I have a pretty decent knowledge of soccer and how to play it and what you should be doing and shouldn't be doing. But I don't want to be that dad. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't want to be the dad who's like, Bear, you need to get out there and do this, that, there. And yelling at the coach, yelling at refs. Yeah, I'm not doing that. So I just had fun, watched them. When they asked me, I'd tell them where they, I think they should improve or what they should be doing. But overall, it was fun. And then the best part, man, I told you, we were supposed to go to a friend's house, right? We were supposed to go visit. Apparently, we had the wrong weekend. So we got that bonus surprise of, hey, no, that's next weekend, guys. And we went, oh, so we could just go home, huh, and do nothing. Yep. That's the best. That's the best. Let me turn this ship around. <laughs> I was just going to say, isn't that the perfect... Like encapsulation of American adulting Mm -hmm. when the good surprise is not having to hang out with friends. Not having fun to go hang out with friends no more. Surprise! You can go home and do nothing. Yes! Yes! This Ah, is the best! Finally! Finally! Thank goodness. I don't have to sit with my friend and talk. It's the best thing in the world. Oh, (laughs) God. I've, I've escaped this torture. Off to the house I go to do absolutely nothing. And, of course, with that nothing comes the two games I played, Matt. Two of them. That's it. Easy peasy. Wild hearts. I already told you. Me and Shay, we had our time. We had our night. We had a great time. And we came to a whole new world. You know, go do what you want. I already talked about it. So that's what I did. I played for hours just beating beating these animals, getting their claws, getting their teeth, getting their horns, getting their eyeballs, getting their skins, doing what I could do. Still didn't get enough pieces to make all the stuff I need. And I'm telling you, I played for quite a bit. So I went, all right, we're done with that for now. I did what I'm going to do. I I rocked it out. I had a great time. And I got back into Star Wars Jedi Survivor, of course. And, man, this game is so, so damn good. It's just that much fun. Every time I get in it, it's like with every game, though. I get in there, and there's tons of side stories. Rumors is what they call them. So I'll I'll go pop up rumors. The only problem I have with this game is that rumors don't tell you what you need to know to do the rumor. So you'd get there. I travel all the way over there, and it'll be this wall with uh, this weird pillar that I can't move. And I don't know how to move it. So I'm like, well, it must be an ability I don't have. Maybe that's true, or maybe I'm just being dumb and not remembering something doesn't matter they don't tell you they don't give you hints it doesn't say hey you can't actually achieve this right now so you're running from rumor to rumor to rumor to rumor to rumor to rumor to rumor some of them you don't know what to do some of them you can figure out some of them you don't know if it's just because you're dumb or just because you don't have the right stuff yet that's the only thing that bugs me about this game that because it takes time to get to all these different places Mind you, you can fast travel once you have, like, some of the meditation spots. But before that, you're just running to these places. And, of course, the uh, enemies, they respawn and whatnot. So you got to get through them. So I did this. And I went, Eric, you're doing classic Eric. You're doing all these rumors and starting at the point where you're bored and annoyed. Stop. Go do the main mission. Go have fun. And I did it. I took my own advice. And I, I started doing some more main missions. And, man, story's just popping off. I'm learning all sorts of really cool stuff. I'm at Cal's having all sorts of interactions with these different characters. And I'm like, this is the best. I just want to keep playing. I never want to stop playing this. Woohoo! And then I did it again the other day. Slowed down. Went, all right, let's go. Let's try to get some rumors. Did about two, two of them successfully, no problem. Got to another one. Couldn't figure it out. Don't know if it's me. Don't think. I don't want to cheat. You know what I mean? I don't want to look it up. So I go to another one. 
I know for sure. Like, I'm not, I don't know what this is, but I can't do it. Like, I simply can't do it. Eric, you're doing it again. Stop. Just go. Go to the main mission. Come back when you've done, like, a chunk of the story and you know you've got, like, you know, 75% of your abilities. Then come back and do all the side stuff. It'll buff up your HP. It'll buff up your force. It'll do all the things. Yeah, but but I could do it now, maybe, and and then have it earlier on, and then, then, then the bosses wouldn't be so hard. They're not hard anyway, Eric. You're fine. You understand our place. You played Elden Ring. This is nothing compared to that anymore. You know, parry, dodge, block, blah, blah, blah. You know the deal. So I've got myself convinced, and just, it was this morning at about 3 a.m. when I was up playing. I'm just doing some more story stuff, man, and just having a time of my life. So this game is definitely all about the story and having a good time with Cal and his adventures and using the Force and all the people you met in Fallen Order. What a fantastic game. Do not get stuck on the rumors. Don't go crazy like I tend to do. Just enjoy the story, and if a rumor is like kitty corner to you, yeah, go take a peek. But you know what? If it's across the map and you got to do all sorts of wing wong dang, don't bother, man. Just go have fun. Enjoy the story. Sounds like you should probably start doing those rumors again, though. I mean, you, you just I said twice. No, you just man, said no, twice no. that you did some story progression. So it's about time to get back to some rumors, should I man. Think I'm so? saying, I mean, just, I did, I did just, just do a big chunk of one. I mean, you know what I mean? You just got to go back and do that. Uh, you're right. You know what? Uh, tomorrow, when I get back from my all-day event thing. Oh, uh, yeah. And Spend all night and, and, trying to figure out which rumors I'll, you could do. Yeah. Pull up the rumor list. And just go crazy. Go hog wild. Yes. In fact, I got to go back to the moon. So maybe this is the perfect opportunity since I'm going back to a place you know, from the past here, that I'll be able to get to those rumors I wasn't able to figure out now. That's the way it goes, right? But where you're at, you still got rumors. So you yeah, do, I do. You should try every single one of those first. I was in the middle of uh, going to one, even though I said I wasn't going to, man. I wasn't going yeah, to I wasn't gonna say a, that part of the show. I was just going to land it on a yes. good note, but I couldn't help myself. And there was this giant tower that I went to, and I was like, well, I could do this one, I'm sure. So I, I got to that point and then saved and got off and went to work. So, yes, I'm in the middle of a rumor on the place where I should be leaving to go to the next spot. Yep, yeah. Done. Yeah. That's been my week. Been a, you know, it's been a week. We've been, we've been here. We've been having fun. We've been doing stuff. It's not too bad. That's right. And speaking of things that aren't too bad that we're going to be doing, I talked about it last week. Eric and I did because we were both excited for the announcement. Well, he was excited for me and I was mm-hmm. excited for me as well. For the announcement of Marvel's Midnight Suns Bloodstorm, the latest and possibly last DLC for Marvel's Midnight Suns. I'm not going to go into the story because I don't know the story because I'm going to experience it on my own time because this dropped today as we're recording this on the 11th. But it gives you access to Storm, one of the legendary X-Men. If you don't like X-Men, one of the new characters to play around with. I watched a gameplay overview of her. I watched the overviews of her cards, the way they synergize. It has me so hyped. I just want to go into like a big deck builder detail about why her cards work and how they synergize with a passive because that's so cool but i won't do that and bore everybody but that's that's dlc that's dropped if you got the enhanced edition or the the whatever edition that comes with the expansion pass it's the last one you're going to get it it's also going to cap off that dracula storyline that's kind of been going on through all the other dlcs and i will say it is kind of weird that you know certain characters in these dlcs like morbius there's a morbius dlc it makes sense. He's going up against vampires. Storm is going up against more vampires, and it feels weird to me to have vampires in a Marvel game, but I know that's comics. There's vampires. It's fine, but I'm excited. Go watch that gameplay overview. I think it's from the Midnight Suns channel on YouTube. See how our cards synergize with each other, because I'm hyped for it. You should be hyped for it. Another thing that I'm hyped for, I might be the only person on the planet that is hyped for this, 
but I can't believe that it came out. And it shadow dropped from like two days ago. I think this came out on the 9th. DLC for Saints Row. Saints Row, my game of the year from last year, finally is getting their first expansion pass DLC, The Heist and the Hazardous. It's obviously a total take on like a Fast and the Furious type of thing. This one, you're going to get three new campaign missions, an attack helicopter, you're going to get crazy new weapons, you're going to get all kinds of customizations, 18 new outfits and cosmetics, it says. You're going on a big heist. I can't wait to dive back into that game, so I'm going to have to pull the Forspoken Disc out of my console and put the Saints Row disc back in because I didn't know about this DLC until today. I was looking for releases to talk about. Bam, two DLCs that are perfect for me. They're both going to have probably at least three campaign missions. Like I've said, the, the Midnight Suns DLCs have all had three little story missions for each hero. Maybe this one will have a fourth just to cap it all off. I don't know if it's going to round out everybody else's story, but I was hyped for it. I'm hyped for that. I'm hyped for Saints Row DLC. It's a beautiful time to be me. That's all I'm going to say. You say, it's a good time to be a Borderlands fan. It's a good time to be mad. Because I got two DLCs and two games that I absolutely love. Released this week, like within two days of each other. It's fantastic. If you love either of those games, well, you're going to check them out anyway. But I'm going to say, just check them out regardless. <laughs> watch the watch the overview. Watch the, watch the trailers for them. If you don't get hyped seeing Saints Row stuff again... Like, <laughs> last thing, and then I'll, then I'll be done. Saints Row... Is another one of those games where you customize your main character. So they have the the DLC YouTube trailer, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, that's not what the boss looks like. That's not what the boss sounds like. But I am so hyped because all these badass scenes and all these badass lines, I want to see my boss doing that. And I'm going to do that in Saints Row, the Heist, and the Hazardous. And then I'm going to spend way too much time sitting there on my belly, on my bed, with my Steam Deck in my hot little hands, playing Marvel's Midnight Suns Bloodstorm. It's going to be fantastic. Two awesome DLCs for two awesome games. Go cop them right now. And while you're doing that, the rest of the world, Matt, is already excited and going bonkers for this title, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, a title I don't care nothing about, as you already know. But I gotta, I gotta mention it. You know, I gotta bring it up because I'm a Zelda fan. I've loved Zelda for all eternity. I just don't like Breath of the Wild and probably this one. However, I'll say this: I have watched about a billion reviews up to the today, and, and it, as always, it tempts me. You know, hey Eric, come give give it a shot. This is, of course, the sequel to Breath of the Wild. So if you've played Breath of the Wild, you're going to be very familiar with how this works. It's an open-world Zelda game where you, Link, you're hanging out. In this one, you're hanging out with uh, Zelda. You're investigating some stuff. Things go down. You end up in a situation. Zelda ends up in a situation. Surprise, surprise. There's a baddie. His, his name might be Ganondorf. I don't know. You know, go figure, right? And, of course, off you go on this adventure. Now, you're still in the same world that you previously were in Breath of the Wild. However, many years have passed. So you get to see your friends from Breath of the Wild years later, what they're up to, how it's going. The villages are in the similar spots. So if you're familiar with that, you're also going to be able to jump right in and go to these places. However, things have changed. You know, where houses are, where things are, the size of these villages, what happened to the villages, what happened to the people. All that's different, and you get to actually see it and explore it. And due to the previous circumstances, which I won't really talk about, the environment itself has changed some. And on top of it, there are now islands in the sky that you get to visit. And unbeknownst to me, which maybe it's the lie or I just didn't pay attention, there's an entire <laughs> Lots of really cool stuff going on. Now, the biggest change here, in my opinion, is the fact that you get this thing called the Ultra Hand. And it allows you to like manipulate objects and create things. And then on top of that, you can also take your weapons and add things to them 
to make all new abilities, which we've previously already talked about. And I was like scuff on and going blah, blah, blah. I don't want to do any of that, which I stand by. It didn't, none of this changed my mind. There's a point I'll get to that did change my mind slightly. And I'll mention in a minute, but anyways, if you're excited about that, yes, you'll be able to take objects and do all sorts of really cool imaginative things with and have great times just interacting with the environment and the players, said bad guys, all the all the things with this new ultra hand. So you'll say one of them like, hey, can you get me to my friend? There'll be a million ways to get this NPC to your friend. You can attach rockets to him, send him blasting off, and hope he gets close enough to where you achieved a mission. You can build a bicycle, ride your bicycle all the way over there, build a rocket ship, airship, all... The sky's the limit. They really give you the opportunity to play with things, and that's as well as your weapons because you'll be able to attach pretty much anything to your weapons to create some kind of side effect or something going on, but not only that, to your defensive weapons as well. So your defensive, like your shields, you'll be able to put on things, and then it'll be able to do like ice, frost, fire things. It's you know the typical stuff they show you, but on top of that, from what I hear, when they're trying to keep spoilers kind of light, tons of stuff, just tons of weird and random things all these items will do and of course, it, it, I, heck, I can't go away from mentioning that in this one, enemies like horns and enemies like shells and teeth and things, you can use all that trash and attach it to different things to make different weapons, different defensive items, all that. I was going to save my stuff for the end because I am getting the fish hook in my mouth about this game. Mm -hmm. I, I haven't played a 3D Zelda in basically ever or liked any of them, but what got me was I watched Skillup's review of it, and he was talking about the Ultra Hand and showing his unique ways of piecing all this weird garbage together to, like, not cheat and hack, but, like, to Skyrim horse himself up to places he wasn't supposed to go. And I went, you signed me up for that, sir. And then he went, oh, yeah, and then you can also attach stuff to your weapons and your defensive items, which we already knew. And he was like, yeah, but, like, check this out. I could just put a rocket on my shield, and now I'm just shooting up in the air mm -hmm. and then gliding down to this thing I wasn't supposed to be able to get to. And I went, oh, you signed me up for that, sir. That's 100% my kind of game. Oh, my God. that's And, you know, all the other stuff they were showing before, he was showing in, in more fun details. But then you get to that kind of stuff where he's, like, he chops down, like, eight trees and makes this weird hanging hook that he, like hangs up on an island, and then scampers up. Oh, that was crazy. It looked crazy good. Yes, it, it does look really cool. I, I, I will admit it's impressive. And, of course, with those abilities, you get the ascend ability. So when you're down under things or whatever or anywhere, you can use the ascend ability, which will get you up and above ground or up and above the obstacles which you're trying to get through. So that's pretty cool. You'll be able to reverse time. So, like, say you bring a rock to you, you'll be able to then jump on it and reverse the direction of said rock and go up to where you want to go. And let me jump in on that one because Skillup brought that up too. And I went, oh yeah, I remember this. This is how you get up in the sky with the sky rocks. And he went, oh yeah, but you can also use that during puzzles or when you make this makeshift thing that you think is going to work and then it falls down, goes down river, you just use that recall ability and now it's back here at back your feet. Here and you get to try again. Or enemies are lobbing fireballs at you when well, you just go into your menu for a hot second and go whoop, and then it shoots straight right back, back into their face. Mm -hmm. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, a lot of really cool ways to utilize those abilities. But the two things, Matt, that got me to where I go, oh, man, should I try to play this game again, was this. One, they didn't bring Dungeon Dungeons back, classic, classic Dungeons, but they did bring Dungeons in. There are several Dungeons in this game. And I won't go into super detail, but apparently they have a lot of really cool puzzles in them, like, you know, you know, from classic Zelda. And they do have bosses, as the classic Zeldas do have. 
and that was one part that was like, man, that really kind of draws the old heartstrings. I want to, I want to play Zelda bosses again. And then from what I hear, they're very unique. They're very fun. They're very difficult. And that all draws me in. Then the other part that got me just a smidgen was, hey, whenever you build something, say you build a rocket ship and you think it's perfect, it's doing exactly what you need to do. If you're lazy and don't want to have to keep doing that crap over and over, you can save that. And then whenever you need it, you just build, you just click the button and it builds it again for you. So I can I can kind of like, I don't know, I don't want to say it's cheating because they're letting you do it, but it allows me to go, oh, I built this really cool motorcycle. I built this really cool airship. I built this really cool roller coaster. Save, 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 save. Anytime I need that, I just go click, click, and then I have it, and I'm off on my way in the next adventure. And that, to me, is gold. Because that doesn't sound fun to me, using all the items around me constantly, every single time to make something. I don't have that kind of patience or time. So the fact that if I could just build it once, and it does what I needed to do, and I could just quick summon it, that's awesome. And I got to say, again, giving props to that skill up review video, watching all the different things he made and like half haggard things that kind of just barely did it. But Link just needed to get across like this river of lava. And he made this rickety like V-shaped vehicle essentially. And so when it got in the lava, the middle filled up with with lava, but then it kept going. It made, oh God, it, it tickled all the little centers in my brain. I was like, you know, I'm not a builder guy. I'm not a crafting guy. But seeing that you can make these half-haggard things that shouldn't work, but they will work, it, it totally excited me. That, and there was something where there was, I think there was like the, all these slats of a bridge, and he didn't put them together, but they were just sitting there. And then if you put like wheels on it, it unrolled this whole bridge all the way across and snapped taut. So it, it made me excited for what pieces they have set up for you to start doing stuff with. Let alone, you know, just stuff out in the in the open that you make 100% yourself. It made me excited for, like, half-crafted things. What are you going to do with these pieces we laid down here? Because in that video, he, he makes, like, these weird hang-and-hook things that he just kind of puts up on the zip line and it slides down. You can tell he made that because it looks like absolute garbage. But here's this thing they have set up. It's a zip line. How are you going to use it? Well, I need to get something down there. Let me make a thing that hangs on this that'll go, that'll hold this thing. Oh, man. We made a puzzle and we gave you some tools, but not all of them. So you gotta, you gotta figure out how you and your crafted story, like we always talk about. That's the way I did it. What way did Eric do it if you ever played it? Oh, he did it this totally different way. Oh man, my motorcycle was super cool. Mine was super dumpy, but I got it going and it looks great. Yeah. The options are incredible. The music is incredible. The NPCs apparently introduced for each like dungeon and theme and area are fantastic. The game is scoring 10s across the board. It's one of the highest scoring games ever, period, to known to mankind. So you don't even really got to take our word for it. You can just go listen to the praise of any any outlet, period, out there. But it's here, folks. It's out. If you love the other one, you're probably going to love this one. If you didn't, you might even still love this one. I'm just telling you, go check out some reviews because Zelda's out and apparently the world thinks it's the best thing uh, since Fire. And the last two things that got me hooked was, I can't remember which review it was, but they were talking about how in Breath of the Wild there was there was stuff to do, but it was all, you had to, you had to travel real far between to try and find stuff. And he said, when I was playing this one, the reviewer, literally everywhere I went, there was something new to find. There was something new to do. And I put like 70 hours into it and I felt like I haven't even touched the world. He said, I felt like I was playing Elden Ring again. And I went, ooh. 
And he said, you know, when I got stuck on something, he said it. I'll get on my horse or I'll get on my little boat and I just go down the river and find something else to do. And I went, that's, oof. And then I pre-ordered it. I mean, obviously it comes out tomorrow as mm-hmm. we're recording this. I went, I can't not have this because I will make my own fun in this game. I'll make my own experiences in it. Maybe if, maybe I don't 100% complete it. Maybe I don't even beat it. But all the little all the little breadcrumbs are there to lead Matt to a good time. Indeed it is all there. I'm still not sold. I've got too much else going on. But maybe I'll crumble later, Matt, just like you, and pick it up and give it a shot. But I doubt it because I have Breath of the Wild sitting there. That I still have to this day never, you know, finished and beat. So, but this world's even more full. So I know you don't, more yeah. full, oh, more God. things to do. The food system's been completely overhauled, so it's different nowadays. I mean, you talk about change. Uh, this game's definitely changed. That's for sure. And of course, guess what, man? It's all but been announced. The PlayStation Five Showcase is supposedly coming, and this is via Jeff Grubb, who does announce all sorts of things, and is accurate in quite a few things. For the week of May 25th, we're going to get a PlayStation Showcase where they're going to knock our socks off. And of course, another rumor amongst all of that, Matt, is that Konami is going to be involved heavily in this. So not with just, obviously, some more stuff on Silent Hill, which I'm sure, if this is any, if any of this is true, will be there. But the biggest rumor right now is that that remake of one of the Metal Gears is imminent. And 3, I think, is what the fan favorite is right now or what's being most rumored. But that is one of them. And then for me, Castlevania being brought back. And then, of course, the biggest one is that like Blue Point's doing a Castlevania or something like that. I think that's the rumor. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't even take it. That's the case. Oh, I'm sold all the way. And I think this rumor has been confirmed by others, so it's not just Jeff Grubb, but I can't remember for sure. But I'm, I'm pretty sure that the rumor of the uh, PlayStation Showcase has been brought up by others as well, so it's not just one individual talking about it. And it makes sense because the Summer Games Fest is literally right around the corner. Sign me up for an interesting if true, as always. Mm-hmm. And interesting if cool stuff happens to be there, as always. Well, the showcase is there will be cool stuff. The showcase, man, is the big one. The PlayStation Showcase is where they show you, like, hey, do you like God of War 1? It's God of War 2. It's Spider-Man 2. You know, it's always the big, big dogs at the showcase. I don't know who you think you're talking to. Like, we haven't covered PlayStation Come Showcases on, man. for, yeah, like, is, three gotta years. You got to get hyped. This is the big one. I'm saying, interesting if true, and interesting if cool stuff is there. Awesome. If neither is true, then all shucks. It was just a rumor. That's all I'm saying. Again, who you've been talking to? We've been doing this podcast for a hundred years. Do I ever get my hopes up for anything? No, I do not. I know. I don't get my hopes up until I see it and it's proven to be true. So I'm not going to be like, oh man, I really hope Castlevania's coming back. It would be nice with an awesome Metal Gear Solid 3 remake done fully all full on cool. I would love to play through that game again with the shyness, freshest new hotness. But you know what? If it never happens, then I was never hyped for it. Then it, I'm never disappointed. I'm never that guy on Twitter who's going, where's my, where, where's my Castlevania? Where's my, where's my Super Smash announcement? I'm never that guy. So if it's true, that's awesome. I love it. I love Metal Gear Solid like nothing else. Hang on. I just keep wiggling my head, though, because a Metal Gear Solid 3 remake would be awesome. I love that game. The game is great. But I know that game by heart. I don't mean this to disparage... A, a possible Metal Gear Solid 3 remake, because that game's great and the remake would be awesome. I would much rather see a new one. And I've said this before for years, you can't you can't say I haven't. 
if you put together a passionate team who will make something cool in that type of universe, I would much rather see that. Because three is awesome, and three is great. But we've had three. I digested three. We've had HD remastered. We've had it. It's, it's on, like, every console I own. I can play it. Make me a new one. Make me a new story with new characters, with new experiences. That's all I'm saying. I would still buy it, but I'd be more excited for something brand new. Not the same characters, not the same, you know what, you know what I'm saying, that theme. Mm-hmm. A Metal Gear Solid, like a Silent Hill. Silent Hill's always different. Make a Metal Gear Solid that's different. That'd be cool. I don't know if they've got it in them right now to do it, though. I'm thinking they're just going to make get the attention span and get people back in Metal Gear. It just makes more sense. And maybe this is the lasso. Yeah. To really end, do you, people still want it? People actually like our franchise still? Whoa. Yeah. Oh, you're you're not you're not mad at us anymore. You're gonna buy you know buy the products that we're putting out. You're not mad about the whole Kojima thing. Okay, cool. Now we're gonna green light an actual brand new Metal Gear, and see how it goes. But I, I think they still want to kind of get everybody, the patrons, back into the whole you know the in the fold with Konami, just because of all the bad blood from the past. Well, it's because they not just because they got rid of them, but then they made a crappy Metal Gear. That's okay. No, okay, we're done with this conversation. <laughs> we're done with this topic. <laughs> I mean, everyone was bad at Konami, yes, but then they doubled down by making a bad Metal Gear game on top of it. But they're coming back. They're coming back. They've got, they've Here's been hoping. doing some goodwill stuff. So let's let's cross our fingers and hope. Yeah, yeah. And I'll just tell you this: we can move on. It's I've been waiting to say rumors anymore. You know, I've been waiting until I get enough confirmation through, like, the millions of other stupid things I hear and listen to before I say it. So you can still be skeptical, but let me just tell you, this is one of those ones that's, like, been said so much that it's like, okay, you actually already know, but we're still having fun treating it like it's a, a rumor and having fun. Okay, gotcha. That's fair. This is like last time when you were like, huh, I think E3 cancellation announcement will probably come on uh, uh, April 27th at about 2.53 p.m. It'll first be tweeted out by this unit yes. and then by that unit. And I went, <laughs> Eric, you're stupid. you're stupid. And then it went, oh, look, it's April 27th at 2.43 p.m. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is one of those. So it's, <laughs> I think it's pretty sh- in the bag. But you know what? You know what? Wait till tomorrow when it's announced and we'll just change our tune about it. Uh, but I mean, like you said, it's time for big showcases from yeah. big places. I mean, we've heard about the Xbox One coming mm-hmm. up. Hey, gosh, there's going to be a Sony one. Oh, gee, probably Nintendo is going to have a director or a showcase or a treehouse or a whatever. Well, and you just saw that uh, Jeff himself put out the whole shtick for Summer Games Fest. So mm-hmm. yippity skippity, you know, he put out there what Devolver Digital's doing, what Xbox is. The, the whole schedule's out there if you guys want to see it and who's you know going to be part of it. And the only thing I don't like is he announces, like, who's going to be a part of it, but you don't know when they're going to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. So, like, Gearbox Official is going to be there. So they're a part of it. We get some new news of whatever Gearbox is up to, which is pretty cool. I'm excited, but I don't know where it's going to be. You know, is it going to be at the Ubisoft Ford? Obviously not, because it's Ubisoft games. Is it going to be at uh, one of the smaller sideshow, like the PC showcase, you know, that they got going on? Or the um, UTK showcase, Xbox showcase? I don't have a clue. Where where, where are we going to hear about Gearbox at? Who knows? Because this Summer Games Fest is what I've always complained about. It's over, like, this huge period of time with a million different events. And I'm like, I can't possibly watch or keep up with all these. I wish it was broken down a little bit better so I knew exactly where to find the pieces and snippets I wanted. 
you know, they always have like super indie showcases. They always have this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Maybe they should have like the the AAA to double A section. Yeah. No company is going to want to label their stuff as label this or that it or as double A or whatever. Yeah. But like, if you know Gearbox is going to be on first seg first day, well, then we're going to be there first thing. But if they're just going to be somewhere showing off something, because it could be, hey, it could be publishing stuff that could be in the indie section it could be here and it could be who knows what day what time you know this stuff's ranging from 9 in the morning 12 p.m eastern time 3 p.m eastern time 6 p.m who knows who knows when it's gonna be and i can't obviously just tune into everything i'll get fired from my job trying to just be on twitch constantly figuring out whatever the next event is and being on there so i'm i'm pumped because it's really cool to have that huge you know two-week billet of just news and cool announcements and things happening but at the same time it's so spread out for me and so wild that it bugs me because i'm like i don't know where any of this stuff's gonna be i just i gotta hope that somebody tells me beforehand or i just get lucky and decide to pay attention to that particular you know stream or i'm on for it so excited but also just like i was grumpy from last year that it's just so wild so big you want to talk about excited and grumpy that's my topic that I'm going to jump to, and that's the Asus ROG Ally. Looking good, looking good. The pre-orders were live. I got so excited because I saw the email, and it went, oh, hey, hey, I'm Best Buy. Come pre-order your Ally. And I went, oh, yeah, sure. It's going to be like $1,900. And I clicked on it, and it said $699. And I went, ooh, that's not bad. And then if you don't like that, there's a slightly lower processor that's $599. And I went, ooh, I like that too. And I said, Google Machine... Tell me more about this. And it said, we have a whole suite of reviews for you, from Verge to Wired to CNET to IGN to everybody. And I went, whoa, 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 whoa. Pre-orders just went live. How are there full-on reviews for it? And obviously, they're the production copies that were sent to the review houses and all this stuff. And I went, oh, boy, I can't wait to hear how awesome this is and how cool it is. And the first review that I read was from, like, Team Xbox, not, like, officially Xbox, but some Xbox-associated thing. And they went, this thing is great. It's fully Game Pass compatible. As soon as you boot up, as long as you sign into your Windows account, bam, it's going to team up with your Game Pass account. You also get free months of Game Pass when you pick up this thing. So even if you don't have an account, you're getting free games and a game experience right now. And I went, oh, yeah, that sounds good. And they went, we love it, and it's great, and it's awesome. And I went, okay, cool. And then I went to the IGN review, and they went, we love it, and it's awesome, except there's a really clunky UI interface, and uh, it has no battery life, and the Windows implementation really sucks. But we give it an 8. And I went, hang on, wait, what? And then I went to Verge, and then I went to Wired and CNET, and one of those gave it a 3 out of 10 because of awful, awful battery life. All kinds of weird, like, double software implementation where it runs Windows natively, but then it has this Archbox software over top of it that's supposed to help windows stuff run games better on this controller that is basically a laptop Uh and then that implementation doesn't work well some people were talking about like the actual buttons when you push the buttons they get stuck underneath the casing and i went oh my god i just wanted this thing to be all sunshine and rainbows and candy and glitter and dreams and it's coming out to sound like at least what it's always been with windows-based handheld gaming devices it's got some pros, but it's got some cons. And I already have the best handheld computer, quote fingers, gaming device that I've ever experienced in the Steam Deck right now. I'm like, man, I just I just wanted it to be awesome. And I sure do still hope that it is awesome. But I'm hearing all these concerns, and especially the battery life. 
every single site said you can you can tune this, you can tune the brightness, the output, the this, the that, the power that it uses. But one of them said, hey, I was even just playing Stardew Valley, and I went in and turned everything down and everything off that I could possibly do. And even then, like the windows in the background was drawing so many resources because of all the bloatware that Windows always usually comes with that it was drawing down my battery life to like, playing Stardew Valley and only getting like two hours of battery life on this thing. They got to fix that. Something's got to happen. Something's got to fix that. Because if you can only play a couple hours of the least demanding game ever, there's something wrong in the back end of that thing that I'm not smart enough to figure out. That's all I'm saying. So I was super hyped. Now I'm, I'm middle of the screen hyped. I'm making a gesture that Eric can see and nobody can see. I'm not down here, but I'm, I'm like, okay, well... If if somebody gifts me $700, then I'll, I'll probably just jump on it like a hot piece of chicken. But it's, hmm, I don't know. It's got more caveats than I thought. I, I'm still not getting it just because of the handheld issue. But uh, I wouldn't take the Windows thing to heart. Uh, a lot of these individuals reviewing it are like PC nerds and geeks. And they think Linux is like the cat's meow and like Windows has always sucked. So... The, when I was reading the three reviews I read, I feel like they're doing the typical PC nerd stuff. Well, well Windows, you know, it's kind of, well, Linux is so superior. Linux is only superior for those who know exactly what they're doing. Like, Windows has always been, like, the family-friendly version of things. The only thing I agree with you on is the battery life is atrocious. That sucks. That is just a bummer. The Windows part... That's not gonna inhibit. It's not gonna inhibit you, Matt. What you can do with Linux versus Windows, and whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not saying Dan Eakin. I'm not being Dan Eakin here, and I'm not saying most of those reviewers were either. But they were saying that when there were issues, it wasn't in like the the software and the framework. They had to exit out of any game they were playing to get to the Windows shell to find out what error it was throwing. So it was like on just a handheld. To get back, you know what I'm saying? You get what I'm saying, yeah. right? Yeah, it's basically, it was treating it like it would your PC. So you'd have to close game out, go down to the main frame, which will give you the air. Windows is having set issue. Yeah. How do you want to appropriate it or whatever? Do you want to serve blah, blah, blah. And on a PC, Alt-Tab is a thing, and you just bip it bop But this had no way to do Doesn't that. doesn't have a way no to Alt-Tab, so you have to close out. You have to just root, 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 root down. Is that real, though? You know what I mean? Like that's my question. Is I just I'm so skeptical of the PC nerds when they say that stuff because I'm like, is that what's going to actually happen to us, me and you, who just put on Game Pass and just play Game Pass games? What are they doing? Is it is it literally just that? Like they are actually just getting errors from just playing Game Pass games? That's what I've heard. Yes. Okay. If if that's if true, this is where I'm at. If true, okay. But I'm always skeptical just because Linux has always been like the preferred version for the PC nerds. And so I feel like there's always that just that push. Oh, no, Linux is the heightened way to go. That's, that's the God's path. And I'm like, oh, well, but I don't know how to use Linux properly. So I, I'm just an idiot who's going to push go on this thing and hopefully it works. Whereas Windows, obviously I've been stuck with my whole life. So I'm like, I'm familiar with Windows. I know Windows. I know it's goods and bads. I can deal with it. The issue that they were driving at and that I think is a valid issue is you have Windows and then you have whatever application on top of it and then you have the actual game. Versus the Steam Deck, it's a one and done. You boot it up, you're in Steam, 
There's no layers to it. When the game crashes, it goes to Steam because that's what's running it. Mm-hmm. It's not Windows on top of Epic Games Launcher on top of Marvel's Midnight Suns. Yeah, they've they've synchronized the experience to be where we're Steam. It's a Steam. Well, it's the Steam Deck. Yeah, and that's cool, but it's it's limited. Like for me, I don't use Steam. I hate Steam. So like. I can never use anything. I can't use a Steam Deck because I don't like Steam. It's because you're an idiot who doesn't understand it. We've already established that. No, Steam sucks. It doesn't look good. And in fact, I proved the point. I wasn't going to go into it, but even they said it. They just uh, announced that they're rehauling the entire Steam over overlay because you know they think they could use some improvements. And I went, yes, you could. You know what? Maybe you're going to get me in there, Steam, with all these improvements you make. And I'll change my whole damn mind. It'll be a moot point in the next few weeks. It's another one of those things where you heard something that, that amplifies your echo chamber and you forgot that I had you boot up Steam and you went, oh, this looks way different than I thought it did and it actually looks good. But it still sucks compared to Epic. I still like Epic's better. But it was better than I thought. You're right. I just remember the original Steam and I booted up. I'm like, okay, it's not as bad as it used to be. But still, nah. Let's go epic. It literally looks the exact same. They literally look the exact same. You're such a weirdo. <laughs> I just want my games dick. free on Epic. Leave me alone. You leave me alone. Let me have my free games. I like them. Every game on Steam is like 10 cents. That's all it is. That's actually cool. Yeah, you got a point. Steam does have a lot of sales. Mm-hmm. That's true. It's very true. I can't argue that. Go enjoy it, man. Have a good time while I go have a good time on Diablo 4 Server Slam, folks. This weekend, you get one last chance at the server slam playing on anything you want, the PlayStation, Xbox, of course, PC, all the good stuff, and just go on there. Play any class you want. It's basically the same content as it was before. The only difference is that you have all of them at once, and you will be starting over because you don't get to carry anything over from the previous beta, and none of this will carry over into the other game, well, the full game, I should say, when it launches, But it has the same cool thing where if you beat the uh, world boss while you're doing this demo, you will get a very cool trophy when the game pops. And if you get to the max level, which is 20, you will also get this really cool little wolf pack thingy backpack and you'll be able to haul that around if you didn't already get it. If you did, you don't have to worry about it. But it's out. It's already ready to be uh, downloaded and all that good stuff. So if you want to get it, go get it. If you already downloaded it for the previous beta, you don't got to worry about it. It's going to be ready to play for you. I don't know if I'll be jumping in. Doubtful. I got a lot of other stuff to do this weekend. But if you got the time and you got the got the want and the need, get in there and experience some more Diablo 4 before the big game hits in a couple weeks. And another thing that I thought was pretty cool, I was just sitting around and I Googled gaming news. What is new? Because I don't want to talk about the server slam. I'm gonna never going to play Diablo 4. And what came up was, hey, did you know... And I mean, I didn't know this, so I'm going to share it on the podcast. Did you know that Capcom had their most successful fiscal year ever this past fiscal year? They sold squadrillions of games, and obviously they broke it down a little bit with fiscal year unit sales, Monster Hunter Rise, Sunbreak, the DLC for that game, Resident Evil 4, which was only out for like a handful of days before the fiscal year ended for Capcom, which is, you know, April to March or whatever for them. That was only out for a few days before that fiscal year ended. They still sold 3.7 million units in that time frame. So what's that going to bleed over into for the next fiscal year? Because I didn't pick up Resident Evil 4 Remake at launch. I picked it up a few weeks afterwards. Obviously, it's going to be going on sale for the holidays. And then this article asked, how are they going to build on this? Because they've hit the, they've hit the cap of 
the best Resident Evil remakes. And it said, hey, here's a rumor. Here's another rumor. Another rumor floating around that Dead Rising is going to get a reboot, like, like a full-on reboot, but the franchise will be coming back. And that's a franchise that everybody loved before, in my recollection of it, things just nosedived straight into the ground and it died. But everybody loves Dead Rising 1 and 2. I don't even remember what 3 was. I remember 4 coming out. But that's a franchise people will jump back into if it has all the same mechanics as the old ones, the big giant hordes of zombies, all the weird custom-made weapons that you could make, all the the strange timing-based gameplay, all the stuff that was cool or not cool depending on your version of things. But that's another franchise that everybody's going to be into. If you make it look super hot and super cool and all the Resident Evil-style graphics, get that whole team on there to make those zombies looking nice, looking choice as you're chopping them up with a hovering skateboard that has knives glued onto it, all that stuff. An interesting rumor. That's a series I jumped into a couple of those games, and I went, this isn't quite for me, but I understand the appeal of them. So if you can keep that Resident Evil train rolling and then pop a Dead Rising train right alongside of it, and they're rolling on those tracks, it might be another fantastic fiscal year for Capcom coming up this next year. Yeah, I was... I was stoked. I'm, I'm always glad to see Capcom doing well. You know, you, you, they just create so much good stuff. And I was one of the first day buyers of Resident Evil 4 Remake. But I got to say, the Dead Rising rumor, I don't know, man. I love zombies, but I just never cared about Dead Rising. I never cared about Dead Island. I never cared about Dying Light. And I've tried, but I can't get into these games, even though I love zombies. So I was like, oh, that's cool. And, and you're right. A bunch of people love Dead Rising. So something in that regard, I think, would just kick butt and take names. And I think that's a unique one because you have that weird, like, put everyday items together to make a weird weapon. Like, Tears of the Kingdom style. Grab your Monokuma Otaku light and stick it on the end of a baseball bat. Now you're hitting zombies with a light-up Monokuma. You know, that kind of that kind of goof-tacular factor of it. But then I was just thinking, as you started talking, oh yeah, it's going to be another great fiscal year. Because in June, Street Fighter VI comes out. And everybody who is in fighting games is going to be buying that and playing that. Mm-hmm. I have it pre-ordered. I'm going to play it. All the DLCs are going to be dropping for that. And maybe next year, Championship Edition will come out. So they're definitely going to get that too. They're, they're safe no matter what, Matt. Because literally, with Street Fighter, you're, it's done. It's the done deal. But on top of that, they've got Resident Evil Code Veronica they could remake. Everybody buy that in a heartbeat. Resident Evil Zero they could remake. Everybody buy that in a heartbeat. Obviously, announcement of a new Resident Evil. Maybe that doesn't count for this fiscal year because it come out probably the next year. And then, of course, the best of all, you got Dino Crisis. You could reopen that bad boy, get everybody involved. You could get a, as I always joke around, Breath of Fire going again. I mean... Capcom has options. They've got options. You thought I, there's no way I can't mention Breath of Fire if you're talking about Capcom. It ain't true. I know it's a joke, but those others I'm serious about. This year will be another fantastic year. Capcom's going to blow it out of the water. It's just going to happen. And overall, regardless of what does happen, it just made me really happy to see that because I remember. I mean, I remember back in the days, days they had you know big boomers and shuckers every year. You know, Mega Man was popping off, Street Fighter, all this other stuff. But I remember those dark days. I remember those dog days where everybody called them Crapcom because all they did was release garbage games that everybody hated or everybody hated on anyway. And, I mean, we've been seeing it for the last few years. That ball has been rolling up. But it feels good to see a company that was on top, went back down, and everybody hated them, and now they're back up, shining just like a little diamond. It feels good. I like it. Yeah, I enjoy it too. I love Capcom. I always have. Appreciate what they do. Hope they keep going with it. And look forward to, you know, anything they put out, especially Resident Evil-wise. That's kind of, you know, my shtick. 
Unless they did a Breath of Fire, which they won't. They've already said they won't. But man, if these RPGs keep being like being bangers, I'm telling you, man, it ain't out of the possibility. You know, if the Final Fantasies and the Dragon Quest and stuff keep on popping off like they have been lately, it's not out of the realm. It's just maybe, just maybe, maybe. I'm gonna keep dreaming. I mean, literally anything's possible, Eric. That's L- true. Literally anything's anything possible. could happen. Like maybe Starfield comes out someday. Maybe it's a good game. You know, it's not looking like it's going to be. It's not on track to be. Or is it, Matt? Oh, well, I'm thinking it is because, A, I'm the one who watched that gameplay little snippety reveal, like uh, launch date reveal trailer, and it was looking way better in that footage than it ever did beforehand. And, again, rumors, rumors McGee, rumors McGillicuddy over here. There's a rumor that it's because id software is helping them in the gameplay department in the combat department specifically and id software knows how to make shooting games and games that feel good to run around in carrying a weapon and stomping your feet with this big heavy gun and eric knows exactly the kind of stuff that i'm talking about and you know i'm not saying that it felt like a wolfenstein from that footage but it felt more like a combat shooter game mm-hmm. it looked like it was feeling right on a saturday night and it got me excited. And I went, you know, if this rumor's true, great. And it's great because it's evidence of what Phil Spencer talked about last week, where he was talking about maybe Redfall, we didn't give it the attention we needed, but certain other things we have been. And if this rumor is true and is evidence of that, that's great because that's what should be happening all the time. When these big publishers or big entities buy all these little studios that have awesome development houses, we talk about it on this podcast all the time. Well, make A work with B because A does this really good and B does this really good. But if you combine them, you can make C, which will be a fantastic version of A and B. So again, if true and id software is working with Bethesda to make the combat better, well then why doesn't this just spread around to every single thing under Microsoft's umbrella, under Sony's umbrella, under Nintendo's umbrella, under the Embracer Group's umbrella? This is how it should be everywhere. Sharing assets, sharing knowledge. That's yeah, that's exactly what it should be. I, for Starfield, I've always been on the fence, kind of just watching, waiting to see how it all turns out. If this is true and it has been working with them in the combat department, you're definitely swinging me more towards actually paying close attention and maybe purchasing this game. I never really liked the Fallout combat. I don't like the whole like rad system or whatever. There's a slow time down and headshot 28%. That that's not my stick. But Doom or Rage, you got me on board. If the combat's like those, I'm way more inclined to play this game and have a great time than I am if it's more like Fallout. And you always keep bringing up Fallout, but there's never been a VAT system in Starfield like shown at all. Like at, I know, at any, but I can't ever. trust it though. You know, it, their heart is in those games, and yes, any 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 developer can break out and do something completely new. Look at Horizon versus Killzone, but the heart of what they were has always been that kind of stuff. And I'm like, I want to. I hope it's different, but I haven't seen anything that's proven that to me, Matt. Like they've have been really skimpy with what they've shown. And it is 100% different, so I know the comeback you're going to come with. But Skyrim didn't have a VAT system. It had abilities and melee. And you can play Fallout without the VAT system, too. Again, in this rumor thing, it worked with Bethesda on Fallout 4's combat, which already felt way better in just the shooting mechanics. And I never played that one, so yeah, I can't I don't, attest I to that. Yeah, I so I don't know. But I went, maybe they have been slowly building up a decent shooting mechanic. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. I played 3, and it was fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But for me, it's always been a clunky... 
a clunky system. It's just not been streamlined. Whereas, like I said, I'll say it again, Rage 2 in particular, and of course the Doom Eternal and Doom 2016, you're talking about so streamlined and fast and fluid and beautiful and fun. If they do something like that, I want to play that game. And then if you put an absurd, fun, crazy story on top of that, I'm even more inclined to play the game. The only other thing that might detract me would be as if they say, yeah, it's super open world and you just go. And and then, you know me, I don't like that kind of world. So that would be a detractor. But I've just been on the fence. And it's just so f- cool for me to watch this game because like, you'll say this rumor. And then I'm like, oh, I'm kind of more excited. But then someone will say, well, it's like this. And I go, well, I don't care then. And it's I, it's like a roller coaster for me for this game, but not one that I'm invested in. So I'm not mad or happy or anything either way it goes. So it's kind of it's kind of fun for me to actually watch this game because I don't have anything invested in it, but I want it to succeed. It's just because you know Starfield is a big game everyone's looking forward to, and it's Bethesda. So, and then on top of it, didn't they mention a bunch of other stuff? Like the, they already got a mature rating, and it's gonna have like uh, the violence, sex, drugs, whatever else was involved. That I definitely didn't hear. I think I did hear that there was a mature rating, and I went. Outer Worlds had a mature rating, but I always hate saying mature stuff was going on in that game because everybody thinks, oh, everybody had their pants off and everyone was doing the willy-nilly. But it was like adult themes, like themes that an adult can relate to mm-hmm. that were also super brutal. But it feels weird to think of like a open world space adventure game having a mature rating. But I mean, I guess, I mean, even Mass Effect did and it had like what one boob in it. So eh, who knows? I don't know. Who knows? Time will tell. There's still so much to be shown. And, of course, we're going to see it because the Xbox has its old big old thing during the Summer Games Fest. Was that like June 9th or something? Oh, man. It's throwing me off. It's in that realm. I can't remember the exact time. Maybe that is actually the exact date. But it's right around the corner. You're going to get to see the Xbox showcase where they said they're going to be showcasing Starfield and showing you a whole bunch more about this. So everything we're talking about is probably going to be clarified and brought up in the next few weeks for that particular title. Absolutely. We were going to talk about the PlayStation lineup, and I just want to ask one question. Maybe you know. Go check it out, folks, for yourself if you haven't seen it. There's a whole bunch of new titles getting thrown in there for May. Is this for, like, the extra tier? Yes. Okay. It's not for the Barney Barney dopes like Yeah, us. because they took away all the free games if you had PlayStation Plus. So all those games are gone. You no longer have any of those games. The collection. The collection. Of like a curated 20. Yes, yes, that curated collection is gone. You no longer have access to it. And I got confused, and I thought maybe they were replacing it with these titles that they mentioned. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. And I, 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 you know me, I'm so confused on the extra plus premium that I couldn't tell if that was replacing that collection. And they were like, hey, here's a brand new collection. Or if this was just, hey, this is May's games for the the premium tier, extra tier uh, members. You put in the show notes, big new PlayStation Plus lineup. And I went, okay, what are the free games for this month? Because I don't know. I didn't think about it. And I Googled PlayStation Plus lineup May 2023. Mm -hmm. And it only came up with this big list for the plus and extra tiers. Because I saw Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart, and I went, oh, wow, that's awesome. And then I saw two other smaller games. But then I loaded the page, and it had like eight, nine, ten games there. Yeah. And I went, that's not it. No. And I scrolled all the way down because I thought, oh, well, it's going to have plus. It's going to have extra. At the bottom, it's going to have my free games. They didn't say a word about it. Crickets. Crickets and peeps. And I went at somewhere else, and I found it through a secondhand thing. But I was like, I know this is your PlayStation Plus lineup for May, but it's not the, what everybody's going to be looking what for. What they're expecting, what they're looking for. 
we want to know what our three free games are. Yeah. And at the bottom of that article, you can put, and hey, if you get up to extra and plus, you can get tick, 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 tick. Yeah. And I'm not trying to sound like I'm dogging them, but no. like. No, it was impressive. It's an impressive lineup if you have the extra premium. But it was just confusing to me. I didn't know if they were yeah. replacing that curated collection with this new one. And that I would have just been bonkers about. But apparently, no, it's just for people with the extra stuff. So it's not as cool. So that's why I was like, eh, I don't want to really talk talk about it, but I just wanted to clarify because I wasn't 100%. And then just one last note is Sunday, June 11th is the Xbox Game Showcase where they're going to be featuring Starfield. So there's your clarification. June 11th, folks, 10 a.m. Pacific time, and of course, 11, 12, 1 o'clock Eastern time. There you go. Nice. So what about you out there in podcast listener land? What, among all of these things, all the things we've covered today, are you most excited or pissed off about? Let us know any of that stuff or any questions, comments, concerns. If you just want to say hi, shoot that to us via the email, thirdshiftme.gmail.com. Hit us up on the Twitter machine, at thirdshiftme. Find us on Facebook. Hit up the Discord. Do any kind of thing. Patreon, Twitch. You know what? Invent something. Find me on I was going to say find me on Bumble, but I think that's a dating app, so don't do that. Don't do that. Invite us on Hive or Mastodon or make up your own thing. Write me a letter. Just send me a letter in the mail. Put a wax seal on it, and I'll be like, "Woo, this is fancy, and I'll open it up, and you'll have put poison inside, and I'll be dead. And then Matt will be gone, and it'll be a great showtime piece. So do any of those things. Matt already did the thing. We're also on Facebook. We're also over there on Patreon. Like what we're doing, want to throw us a couple bucks? Hey. Feel free to do so. It's just a tip jar. It's there for you. If you like what we're doing, you want to help support us financially. If you don't, though, Matt just said it. Go do all those things. All those other things help us. All of it does. It's all wonderful. Get us some mailbag questions, suggestions. What do you want us to talk about? All the stuff. You can do it. Or go give us those five-star ratings over on the iTunes, over on the Facebook, apparently, somehow, some way. We still haven't figured that out. Someday we might. Or on Spotify, which I need to go check up on and see if anybody has done. So that's on me. Maybe you have, and I'm over here telling you to do it, and you're like, stupid, I did. Go look. You're right. I'll go look. I'll go check it out. But in between that time, do all that stuff. Help us help you. And, of course, you can help us by listening to the very next episode, which will be dropping on or around the 18th of May on iTunes and Stitcher, on Poppy, and on Spotify, and on YouTube. And as I always say, hey, if you like what we're doing, you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services, because it does help us out. And we really do appreciate it. Indeed we do. We appreciate those five-star reviews. Come on, folks. What holiday is it? I don't even know. What are we at? Mother's Day for Mother's Day. It's May Day. Oh, there you go. Mother's Day. That's maybe fine. me or Matt or a mother. You don't know. You can't judge us. Go give us some Mother's Day uh, love and get us a five star review. I was gonna say something that's inappropriate, so I'm not gonna say it. And with that, there's nothing else to say but. Don't forget to say. Shut up and sit down.